service on a day we call good. In the end, good. In the beginning, God said it would be good because God sent the light of the world. And we have gathered this evening to remember those who were called to serve, the lives they lived, the service they offered, to name them the disciples, those who partnered around meals, and to remember what they struggled with and the road that they walked with Jesus and how difficult it became as they drew closer and closer to the Friday on which Jesus gave up his life. So I invite you to join us in this service. Your role is simply to listen, to watch, to be a part of as silent witnesses. It will get dark in here, so just be aware. It won't be dark when you have to leave, but it will get dark um, during the service. This is a service that foregoes conversation and reunion after the service. So we invite you, when the service has ended, to simply leave and go forth into the night. We are resurrection Christians, and yet we go into the dark of the night with an understanding of the cross. Let's pray. God, may we hear May we understand as we can. And may your spirit be present among us, that we may be moved, but not lost. Amen. Christ is the light of the world. As we observe the Christ candle, let us remember these words from the Gospel of John. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony, to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The gospel tells us that Jesus called to himself 
12 apostles. These men are represented by candles. For Jesus spoke to him, saying, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light be shown before men, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus called Simon Peter to be a disciple. He also called his brother Andrew. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Perhaps some of us feel that Of all the disciples, we most resemble Peter, a person of impulsive actions and impetuous temper. We too are sometimes bold in our assertions of loyalty and timid when the pressures of others' opinions surround us. John's Gospel tells us that it was Andrew who brought his brother Peter to Christ. In doing so, he brought a man far more able than himself. If, you ever, if you've ever introduced another person to Christ through teaching or by inviting that friend to church, you have some, something in common with Andrew. Jesus called James to be a disciple. He also called his brother John. And going on from there, He saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with their father, mending their nets. He called them. Immediately they left the boat, their father, and followed Jesus. James was the one of the inner circle and was always mentioned second. Perhaps he was second in importance to Peter, but how different he was. He was a man of silence, whose deeds were great, but whose words were few. He said little, but felt deeply, at times even fiercely, and was known as one of the sons of thunder. James was the first to give his life for Christ. This quiet, fearless man as head of the church faced Herod in Jerusalem and was put to death. John, the brother of James, was also one of the inner circle. This rough, tempestuous man was never lukewarm about anything. Bluntly, he would ask for a favored place in the kingdom or for fire to come down on a Samaritan village. Why did Jesus want him? Jesus knew that this kind of man, fiery and forceful, could accomplish so much. John was the only disciple who dared to be at the cross, and it was John 
who took in Mary, the mother of Jesus, to care for. Thomas, the doubter, was a man of many moods, wanting to be certain before he took a step. His high mood of daring led him to go and volunteer to go to Jerusalem to die with Christ. His mood of despair caused him to be absent when the risen Christ first appeared. Christ drew from Thomas the most touching confession of faith anywhere in the gospel. In the end, his mind was made up and his doubts were overcome by his personal experience with the risen Christ. Jesus called Matthew to be a disciple. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, who we, we know him as Matthew, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. And he left everything and rose and followed Jesus. Christ has a place for a businessman. Matthew, as a tax collector, was hated as holding a job from Rome. Money and greed were not bringing Matthew happiness. Jesus saw his good and called him. It was Matthew who later emphasized, no man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus called Judas Iscariot. Judas must have been sincere at first. He was trusted to be the treasurer of the disciples. Judas was an ardent nationalist who may have tried to force Christ's hand to create an earthly kingdom. He was greedy and had a narrow vision. In the end, he learned tragically that he had misunderstood and it broke his heart. Greed and treachery together brought on the world's greatest tragedy. Jesus called Philip. Philip was a matter-of-fact man, rather lacking in imagination and flaming vision. He gave attention to small details and wanted all the visible facts that, he could, be that could be demonstrated. Christ enlarged his vision until later it was Philip who converted an Ethiopian and revealed his own faith. Others proclaimed the ideals. It was Philip who figured out how to put them into practice. Jesus called Simon the Zealot. As a zealot, Simon must have been on fire with a love for his country and his desire for its freedom. The zealots were a small but intensely patriotic group. Christ has a place for that passionate person, which can be either an asset or a liability. Simon never led a revolt, but was mentioned often together with Judas. Simon has seen what Judas could have been if he could use his fervor and faithful devotion. Jesus called James, the son of Alphaeus, Bartholomew, and Thaddeus. 
Nothing that these three men said or did is recorded in our, in our Gospels. Perhaps they were quiet men, yet they gave their energy and time to him who called them. Sometimes the silent people who make the headlines, who don't make the headlights, are the best bridge by which the gospel is supported. Jesus chose 12 men for his disciples, his companions, his friends, such a variety of personalities. One might wonder how they could travel together and live together, but under their master's constant care, they discovered a deep unity in their lives. Jesus sent these 12 disciples out, charging them, go out and make disciples of all nations, heal the sick, raise the dead, heal the lepers, cast out demons. Know that I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. The world will not always receive you or your words or your faith know that there will be those who will want to persecute you. Do not be anxious about what to say. Our Heavenly Father will be with you and will give you the words you need. It won't be that you have to speak. It will be the Spirit of our Father speaking through you. And remember, I will be with you always. Jesus prayed these words. Father, the hour has come. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Watch over my disciples. While I was with them, I guarded them. But now I am coming to you. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but keep them from evil. Sanctify them in the truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them. As you have loved me, I have loved them. Amen. When Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon, a woman came up to him as he was eating dinner and anointed him with a bottle of very expensive perfume. When the disciples saw this, they were furious that's criminal. This could have been sold for a lot and the money given to feed the poor. When Jesus realized what was going on, he intervened. Why are you giving this woman a hard time? She has just done something wonderful for me. You will have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives but not me. She anoints me for burial. 
you can be sure that wherever in the whole world the message is preached, what she has done for me will be remembered and admired. That is when one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the high priest and said, What will you give me if I hand him over to you? They settled on 30 pieces of silver. As the disciples shared the evening meal with Jesus, he said, I tell you truly that one of you is going to betray me. They were stunned and began to protest to him and to one another. Surely it is not I, surely not me. Jesus said, the betrayer is one of you dipping his hand in the dish with me. Then Judas slipped out into the night. After the disciples ate with Jesus, they left the city of Jerusalem for the Mount of Olives. As they walked, Jesus said to his disciples, You will all desert me this very evening. Peter protested, Though all will desert, I will remain with you. Jesus replied, I tell you truly that this very night, before the cock crows twice, you shall deny me three times. Still, Peter maintained, even though I must die with you, I will never deny you. And so declared all of the disciples. Jesus stopped at an olive grove called Gethsemane. Then, going apart with Peter, James, and John, he left them on watch and went a little further alone. He fell on his face in anguished prayer. Soon he returned to the three on watch and found them sleeping. Rousing them, he asked Peter, could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you are not put to the test, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, Jesus went apart in troubled prayer, and again he returned to find the disciples sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. A third time, Jesus withdrew to pray, and a third time, he found them sleeping. Then Jesus said, sleep on and finish your rest. Now is the time for the Son of Man to be delivered into the hands of sinners. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus had not even finished speaking when Judas, one of his own disciples, arrived with the Roman soldiers and other armed men from the temple. The betrayer had arranged with the authorities for a sign and said, the one I kiss is the one 
you want. Judas went directly to Jesus and cried out, Greetings, Master. Then he gave him the kiss. Jesus responded, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Immediately, the soldiers laid hands on Judas and held him fast, and Jesus, and held him fast. One of the disciples of Jesus drew his sword and cut off the ear of the slave of the high priest. Jesus said, put away your sword. All who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Then turning to the crowd, Jesus said, Have you come for me against a rebel bandit with swords and clubs? Why didn't you seize me in the temple where I sat teaching by day? Were you so afraid of the Jewish people that you must come for me by stealth in the night? Nevertheless, your actions fulfill the words of the prophets. Then all his disciples, all of his disciples, forsook him and fled. They took Jesus to Caiaphas, the high priest. Peter followed at a distance in the courtyard. He warmed himself by the fire. They gathered the high council and began to arrange the case against Jesus, which they would present to Pontius Pilate, the governor. The charge was that he claimed to be king of the Jews. They brought in many false witnesses, but to no avail. Finally, two came forward and said that they had heard Jesus say that he would tear down the temple and rebuild it with his hands in three days. Even these witnesses could not agree on their testimony. Finally, Caiaphas asked Jesus directly, have you no answer to these charges? Jesus remained silent. The high priest asked him, are you the anointed one, the son of the blessed? Jesus answered, I am, and you shall see the son of man seated on the right hand of power and coming to the clouds of heaven. Then those holding Jesus began to spit on him. They covered his face and were striking him as they taunted and said, O anointed one, prophesy who it is who is striking you. Peter was warming himself in the courtyard when a slave girl entered. She confronted Peter and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter quickly gave denial. I do not know what you're talking about. He went outside the doorway. Meanwhile, the cock crowed. The slave girl followed Peter out into the, by the bystanders and said to the bystanders, this man is one of them. Again, Peter denied knowing Jesus. After a little while, the bystanders said directly to Peter, surely you are one of them. You speak with a Galilean accent. Then Peter began to swear with an oath, 
I do not know this person of whom you are speaking. But the cock interrupted him as it crowed for the second time. Immediately, Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When morning arrived, all of the officials bound Jesus and delivered him to Pontius Pilate. When Judas saw what was happening, he knew that Jesus was doomed, and he repented. He tried to return the 30 pieces of silver, saying that he had sinned in betraying innocent blood. They responded, what is this to us? This is your affair. Judas threw the silver on the floor and left. He went out and hanged himself. The chief priests could not put the money back into the treasury. Now it was blood money. So they used the money to buy burial ground for strangers. It is called the field of blood even now. Jesus stood before the Roman governor as the accusers made their charge. We found this man perverting the nation. He was forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor and proclaiming himself anointed king. The governor asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, you say so. The chief priests were accusing him of many things. When Pilate asked him to defend himself, Jesus remained silent. At the festival, the governor used to release a prisoner, and some urged Pilate to do so at this time. There was a rebel in prison named Jesus Barabbas. Pilate asked, who do you want me to release for you, Jesus Barabbas? or Jesus, the anointed one. The demonstrator shouted, Barabbas! Pilate asked, what then shall I do with Jesus, the anointed one? They cried, crucify him! Pilate asked, are you certain of his guilt? The crowd took up the chant, crucify 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 him! Then Pilate agreed to release Jesus Barabbas and handed Jesus, the anointed one, over to the soldiers for scourging and crucifixion. The soldiers led Jesus away within the governor's palace. They assembled the whole battalion They clothed Jesus in purple, the color of royalty. They mocked him as they put a crown of thorns on his head and a reed between his fingers for a scepter. 
They proclaimed, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him, hit him with sticks. And then, after mocking him, they took off the purple robe, returned his clothes, and took him out to crucify. On the road, they met an African named Simon coming down from the countryside. They made him carry the cross. They took Jesus to the place called Golgotha. There, they crucified him. They divided his garments up among themselves, casting lots for them. Over his head, they inscribed a charge against him, the king of the Jews. Those who passed said, save yourself, come down from that cross. Even the two crucified with him reviled him.
Surely, Jesus, this man has been willing to carry our sins and our sorrow. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our sins. In his brokenness, we are made whole. And by his pain, we are healed. With these words, there is nothing left to say. There is no other way to conclude this service. The Christ for the world has died. There is nothing more to say until Easter morning. Let us spend these next hours in prayer for our own faith, the faith of the world, the God who has sent his own son. Amen.